Good morning. This is the Daily Wrestling News for December 10th, 2020. I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am joined for the second time this week by the host of the Essential Wrestling Podcast and owner of Pro Wrestling Pick'em, where you can play against the, your friends or play against the universe. Al Carl, good morning, Al. Hey, Ryan. How's everything going? I'm always happy to be back on here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great day. We're coming off of uh, the Wednesday Night Wars, which absolutely good shows on both sides. So we're going to get into that and spend a lot of time on that. Um, today's agenda. We are going to kick things off right after the bell with the ridiculously random non-wrestling the audience needs to know you better question of the day. We're gonna... <laughs> that is a mouthful, I have to tell you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good though. It's catchy. It's catchy. Yeah. It rolls right off the tongue. Exactly. Uh, it's hard to steal because <laughs> uh, we are, of course, going to go through last night's wrestling, hit the news. Al's going to get put through trivia once again, and then we're going to get out of here. And there's probably no chance we're going to do it in 30 minutes, but, you know, we'll try. <laughs> All right. So let me ring the bell and we will get into uh, the ridiculous and random question. And the ridiculously random non-wrestling the audience needs to know you better question of the day is brought to you by Free Cake, the new album from the Black Cats, available now everywhere you listen to music. Al, today's question. It's an easy one, I think. Yeah. What's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Well, as you can see by the, the shirt I'm wearing and by the hat I'm wearing, actually, I'm going to serve up my favorite food tonight. We're having some ram chops up here, right? Uh, <laughs> we're going to take care of the rams and we're going to... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, I am a uh, I'm a steak guy. Give me give me meat, potatoes. Uh, nothing for me, you know, like throwing us, uh, some steaks on the grill. Uh, spending a little time outside with nature as they're going up nice, you know, that nice, you know, reddish pink flavor, you know, medium, medium rare in there. And, uh, you know, cook up some roasted potatoes with them. And I am a happy camper. So that, I think that would be my answer. Uh, yeah, that sounds like uh, something in the toward the top five for me, of course. Mine is pizza. It's a bad addiction. I love it. Can't live without it. I go a week and I get pretty cranky. So, yeah. Well, I think that's you know, we're 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 a little bit older, right? And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were a big influence on our lives. So, you know, I, I can. That's completely understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, with the with the ridiculously random non wrestling question of the day uh, out of the way, let's dive into. Um, the recaps from last night. We're going to start with AEW. Um, Al, we had two really good shows. Which yeah. one do you think won the night, though? Well, it, it, it depends on your definition. If you're going ratings-wise, AEW had to have won the night. Um, you know, Sting speaking and Kenny Omega's uh, Omega's now second big announcement. Uh, you know, everyone, it's, it's I, I think AEW is going to have a little bit of a stretch here. I mean, I know they've already been on stretch. Um. As far as matches go, AEW they put on a solid show, but it, it, that's nothing. That's not nothing. NXT didn't do anything. NXT put on a great show as well. I, I, I guess I'll give AEW the advantage. Um, I enjoyed NXT. I thought they threw on some great wrestling. I thought the main event was great. Their female division again—that's their strength. Uh, they went right with it. 
Uh, and a great match with Raquel and Ember. But, yeah, it's, without, I mean, it's, we'll just – you have to give the nod to AEW. Everyone was watching that. You know, Sting. Yeah, I think AEW gets the edge. But uh, the, the message here is, you know, four hours of good wrestling, right? Like, oh, that's, yeah. That's what you got on Wednesday. So um, both shows were good. AEW is definitely going to get the ratings bump just because they were on the street. They got, you know, big stories. But, um, but NXT was a good show. So – I don't think they're doing anything necessarily wrong. It'd be helpful if they advertised ahead of time. That's the one thing I will say. They, yeah, well, like I said, you know, cut, yeah. Com coming off the big show, they, they didn't really have anything advertised. I know the the matches they did advertise were last minute. They announced day of. Like, we didn't have anything to pick yeah. uh, on Tuesday night on the Essential Wrestling Podcast. The only thing that we knew uh, was that Finn Balor was coming back. He was going to be there. Uh, that's because he said it at War Games. So um, then we had the TikTok. That was a little bit of a tease. Sure. Uh, okay, you know, Karrion Cross, he's on his way back soon, and you know they, he is. Yes, he is. Well, let's let's dive into AEW. Um, we'll try to move through at a pretty rapid pace, but we'll stop for conversation along the way. There's definitely some things to talk about. Um, the Young Bucks used the BTE trigger to pin TH2 in a what I thought was a crazy fun opener. Twelve minutes, twenty six seconds. Jack Evans did some jump off of somebody's back to the outside. Bunch of crazy little flip flipping stuff. Al, do you think this was a good? You know, they, they potentially drew a new audience for this show. Some new people re coming back because oh, Sting's there. Let me let me sample the product for yeah. the first time. Do you think this was a good match for them to start with? Yeah, one hundred percent. And it, it, I didn't really look at it that way. I looked at it more of as just a coming out party for Angelico and Jack Evans. Like, oh my God, thank God, it's about time these guys are on dynamite. This has been a couple weeks now. But, you know, even in the matches that they've been in, they really didn't have to uh, get to showcase um, what they can do. Mm -hmm. um, like, I know these guys, and I love these guys. For anyone who's ever watched Lucha Underground, uh, you are well aware of Angelico, and you're well aware of Jack Evans. No, they didn't tag together in Lucha Underground, but you knew that they were incredible athletes. Um, and I guess, yeah, to, to go with your point, is the same thing that they did on Impact with, uh, with Josh Alexander and Chris Saban. Sure. You know, you, you throw guys out, and like, oh, my God, like, this is – yeah, I mean, I think the big thing for AEW right now is they're bringing in people, and when I say people, I mean potential new fans with the whole Shaq angle and yep. Sting. Sting. I mean, a lot of people stopped watching wrestling with WCW closed. It, it's just an unfortunate fact. But Sting kind of has the ability to like draw, at least from a curiosity standpoint, people in, and then they see this killer Young Bucks match. I think it was a good opener. Um, yeah. So... And then they have a weird segment with Darby Allen, Allen looking at some ink blots. They're all shaped like Team Taz. Uh, so Darby basically acknowledges that that uh, Cage is going to be getting a title shot. They don't say when or where, but they do have two big shows coming up that we'll talk about in a little bit. So presumably on one of those. The Sting segment followed, and I, I thought it was a little weird. So Sting had really good control. Um, he had He spoke well. And clearly, I guess there's some tension between Cody and Sting. Um, still at 61 years old, I don't really see Sting jumping in the ring, but who knows? He does look good. Um, Cody says he's waited a long time to share a ring with Sting, and Sting says, I'm not here for you. Al, what do you make of this? Where Where is this thing going? Wow, that hit Cody right in the ego. That that was that was a kick in the groin um, mm. if I've ever seen it. Uh, yeah. Like I said, Cody, they, they never crossed paths. Cody was, uh, when he finally, you know, made it to WWE, 
um, Sting was already gone. He was in Impact, and then by the time, you know, the, the, the small run that he had in WWE, you know, Cody was already gone. And yeah, they just never crossed. And you know that, you know, Cody's father has a huge history with Sting. Um, it, it, it's a dream. It, 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 this is a dream for Cody. Like, he was probably giddy. Oh, my God, Sting, Sting, Sting. You know, just like everybody else was. And then Sting's like, I'm not here for you. Cody is almost like the, the person that I'm talking about in terms of, like, um, he might have been a lapsed fan if he wasn't, like, born in, into the industry. He loves Sting. He's yeah. the kind of guy who would have who would have potentially turned on the TV for, because Sting was on. Yeah. Um, so interesting. They did have kind of a weird a weird segment and I, and I don't really know what's next. Um, I'm not sure it was a, the segment was a, a great hook for future sting stuff, but we'll see. No, well, you got to hear him talk. Like I said, there, there's, there's two sides of sting. He is so polar opposite when it comes to his character where he doesn't say a word. He just stares at people and points back and hangs from the rafters. And then there's a sting that's his happy go lucky jovial. Um, mm -hmm. I don't shut up. It's showtime. You know, Shivani say my catchphrase. So uh, we got that thing last night. And that was, you know, people like that thing too. It's not a knock that he's so, you know, bipolar, but uh, no, Cody's going to jump him. No, that, that hit Cody hard. Like, you know, I'll see you around, kid. Like, who talks to Cody? EVP, somebody who started their own company. Who talks to him like that? Now, Cody, Cody's going to, he's going to eventually going to jump him uh, and say, who the hell are you to talk to me like that? That's what I would do if I was Cody. Yeah, yeah. But, um, that'll certainly be a heel turn for the yeah. For the roller coaster, Cody will go uh, right back to the black hair. That's actually <laughs> yeah. He pulled the trigger on that too soon, I guess. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got the dye in his back pocket. I'm sure you know, good yes. with the blonde and black. Mm -hmm. Um. So FTR beat the Varsity Blondes in eight minutes and twenty one seconds. It was pretty crushing, actually. I thought the FTR really took that match. Almost. I, I'm not sure if Varsity Blondes got any offense, and I don't know if did Griff Garrison even get in the ring. He did after a while. I think it was during the uh, the, the picture in picture. Okay. Well, <laughs> the 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 win goes to the to FTR for sure. <laughs> yeah. So the next two segments pretty interesting as pertains to the Dark Order. Alex Marvez is talking to Hangman Page about the six man tag match that he has next week uh, with Hardy Party. Uh, Marvez asks about his partners, and Alex Reynolds and John Silver pop up with cowboy hats on, and they're ready to go and. Hangman's a little uh, a little hesitant to to choose them as partners, but they point out that he has nobody else, and so Hangman says, "Okay, okay, but I'm not joining the Dark Order." They're good with that. Yep. Um, the next segment, Preston Vance of the Dark Order is wrestling Dustin Rhodes, and Rhodes hit a running bulldog to get the pin in two minutes forty five seconds, so a short match. But this was really about getting Evil Uno out there to come to the ring and offer Dustin. The position of seven in the dark order dustin declined for now and so do you know the backstory with seven you're you're smiling i assume you you know well i laughed when he said that yes seven of course it's seven yeah and tony shimani says he doesn't want that number <laughs> <laughs> in 1999 dustin rhodes jumped from wcw or from wwe to wcw um, and basically trashed on he had the gimmick of seven. He had white face paint, cowboy hat, came floated down to the ring over the top rope and in. Um, and then he cut a promo that basically tore down the gold dust character and all the gimmicky type characters. And from there, uh, it was kind of like a, sh a worked shoot, I guess. Um, and from there, 
Dustin Rhodes was the American Nightmare for a bit, and uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so Dark Order has a full court press on recruitment right now. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they enjoy, again, that is joindarkorder.com um, if you would like to uh, take part in their festivities. Like I say John Silver's winning me over. I might have to go on that. Well, just check it out. You know, I wouldn't say I'm joining yet, but uh, check it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you open your fridge and you see the Kool-Aid in there, I would, you know, think, <laughs> think twice before you drink. But, uh, yeah, join the Dark Order. Okay, so uh, another highly advertised segment is the Shaq segment that came up next. And Shaq says he doesn't really have a problem with Cody. He was just messing around on Twitter. Um, and Brandy's happy with that. And they're all buddy-buddy, sort of, ready to walk away. They're going to bury the hatchet. And then Shaq says, but Brandy, you should take a look at Jade. You might learn something. Yep. Boy, did that strike a chord with Brandy. Yeah. And my notes say that she threw a soda in his face. I've read elsewhere that it was water. It didn't look like a clear beverage to me. What do you think? Uh, I, I, I I assumed it was water. I you, you didn't. I didn't really pay any attention to that. But yeah, Shaq was. Uh, he got a little passive aggressive. Yeah. Uh, Brandy didn't. Brandy caught right on to it, and she didn't like that. So definitely, we're going to get a Shaq Brandy match at an upcoming Dynamite. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's that's definitely where that's so Shaq. So so now Cody's potentially got issues with Shaq and Sting. So. Mm. He's got the next year booked for him, I suppose. <laughs> the inner circle had their turn in the ring next. And um, long story short, they eventually got on the same page and agreed to stay together. There was some really good comedy during this with Jake Hager. I mean, they were all on the same page, and then Jake Hager spoke. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got a problem. This guy won't stop staring at me. <laughs> Wardlow says, you're staring at me. Jericho's like, why don't we just stop staring at each other? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we're on the this, modern problems require modern solutions, and and Jer that's why Jericho is there to, to to make sure we point these things out and, and keep the peace. Yeah. Well known for evolving to fit the situation, Chris Jericho. So there you go. Not surprising that he had a solution to the problem. <laughs> uh, Eddie Kingston, the Butcher, and the Blade defeated Lance Archer, Pentagon, and Phoenix in eight twenty six. Lance Archer cleared the ring afterwards, though, so um, not much else to say about that. Just a match on the card. Pentagon got carried away a little bit, but yeah, not, yeah, I said it was a three on two, and uh, you, you, you're glad that the uh, the Kingston and his boys got the job done when they had the numbers advantage. Yep. Red Velvet was the target of Jade and Nyla Rose backstage. Uh, Serena Deep and Big Swole made the save, but then Diamante and Ivelisse appeared. So it looks like uh, we're getting. Some pretty, pretty pretty big numbers in this women's division clash. Uh, and staying with the women's division, Abaddon got a quick one minute and 13 second victory over Tesha Price. Uh, the victory wasn't enough. She continued to beat her down. And Sheeta eventually came out to make the save with her kendo stick. Um, but then Abaddon sat up like the dead man, the undertaker. Yeah, I said that last night. He's been retired for five minutes, and somebody's already took a sit-up. I guess it's very fair. It, I mean, the sit-up gimmick was was laying there for somebody to take. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Of all, people, yeah. <laughs> of all the people, somebody should have taken. I guess it was her for her to take. Hers to take. I guess. Uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis arrived by helicopter. Uh, Omega didn't really make an announcement, so to speak. Uh, the whole interview was pretty consistent with what was said on Impact. Um, 
I'm not really sure they advanced anything here except for just, hey, here's Kenny Omega. Um, Tony Schiavone did a good job of running Omega down before the interview started. Yeah, but, yeah. Al, any, any, th- any thoughts on this? I mean, they Kenny Omega just stopped shy of, of making an announcement. Yeah, no, no, he rehashed everything he said on Impact. So there was, that, that was literally – I won't say it was a waste of time, but it was just – for those who didn't watch Impact, for those who don't have access to TV or an account on, on Twitch, this is what we said last night. That was the exact same thing. The only thing I did notice, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, because my, my, my recollection of 1994 during this Alexis Express thing is a little hazy, but uh, – he, uh, he did mention that they were going to go Lex Luger style to the arena, and it was the helicopter. Now, it was the helicopter I called uh, – they're going to come in on an aircraft carrier or something like that. But it was the, the helicopter that landed on the aircraft carrier on July 4th, and the body slammed her around the world. So that was that reference. I'm glad it's that a very, Yes, and it's a, it's a very weird period to of WWF history to, like, pay tribute to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, the fact that Lex was there it just bothers me enough as it is. But that's you know that's a different story. Yeah, yeah that's a that'll be a different podcast. Um, MJF defeated Orange Cassidy in the main event, so he retains the Dynamite Diamond Ring in thirteen twenty one. He did not do that alone. A lot of people at ringside, but the major assist really went to the best man Miro. He should never lose that battle royal ever. MJF. Every, every year he wins. Like have him be like a seven-year, like just have him go. Let, let that be his thing with that ring. Like that's that's the most important thing to him. You know, that point in time of the year. So he can just he should never lose that battle royal and always win the match after. Yep, yep. So then we have uh we have the streak. The streak. Yeah, the streak. yeah. It's, 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 it's something that MJF can say that they claim that's his. So you know? years and years and years down the road, uh, you know, we'll have MJF the the long Long-loved baby face of AEW. Um, AEW Hall of Famer. Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal 12 years in a row. Uh, yeah. until, you know, the, the only year he lost it because he wasn't in it. You know, there's, 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 it's, it's there. Yeah. Uh, we got some matches for next week's Dynamite. We have Cody versus Angelico, SCU versus The Acclaimed. Um, that's, that's actually interesting because SCU – and the acclaimed really haven't been much on dynamite in mm-hmm. 2020 at all. Uh, yeah. Serena Deeb and Big Swole, they get Diamante and Ivelisse. That's, of course, coming off of the backstage segment a little bit ago. And then after this show went off the air, Tony Khan announced a 14 man tag team match on Twitter. It is the inner circle Jericho, Sammy, Santana, Ortiz, Wardlow, MJF and presumably Hager to make the seventh, though Tony didn't mention him, versus Top Flight, Brandon Cutler, Varsity Blondes, and Best Friends. Oh, okay. When I look at that match, there's a lot of guys on the Top Flight, Brandon Cutler, Varsity Blondes side of the equation that might get pinned. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, the, the pool, yeah, exactly. But then, then again, but it, it's, it's the lopsidedness of this match which actually gives that team a very good chance yeah. to win. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, plus the mild dissension that still exists. Uh, yeah, on the inner circle side, uh, AW also announced a special two-night event called New Year's Smash, December thirtieth and January sixth. The January sixth event will go against NXT's New Year's Evil. Yep. Um, so no matches yet, but that's basically the next peak in the storylines. 
Yeah, they uh, they're gonna. They're, I guess uh, New Year's Smash is just too big for uh, just for one night. I guess uh, you know. Like I said, you got Trump NXT. You know, do two nights instead of just the one. Yeah. Uh, but NXT's got guns ablaze, and maybe this is a nice segue for you because Finn Balor already mentioned he's going to be defending the NXT Championship on that show. Well, NXT in the past has reacted well. Like they've seen that when they've seen the AEW has got a two night thing. They pivot and they do a two night thing, you know. It's like, yeah. So it's so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, next week on NXT we learned that New Year's Evil is in fact two weeks. So, and we've got two big matches. Uh, there's enough challengers for Finn Balor that I think, and that we'll get into in in a few moments that I, I think they could do two nights easily. Yeah, yeah. a lot of storylines actually. So uh, switching gears to NXT. Finn Balor started in the ring looking for challengers, and boy, did he get some. Uh, Pete Dunne came to the ring, Kyle O'Reilly came to the ring, and Damian Priest came to the ring, all, and they began all bickering over who should get the title shot. So Finn Balor left and basically said, look, I'm the champion. I'm going to defend the title on the 6th. It's not my problem who I, who I fight. That's Regal's. And then Scarlett came out. And, and Finn says to her, tell your boy that when he's ready, I'm ready. Yep. And then, of course, Priest had something to say to Scarlett as well about carrying Cross sitting in the car. Um, but, Al, who do you think on January the 6th coming up makes the most sense? And also, who do you think it will be? Because <laughs> those could be two different people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think you got to hold off on Cross for now. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, Pete Dunn would be great. I, I don't think we've seen. Balor and Pete done yet. We've seen Priest and Balor at In Your House. We've seen Kyle O'Reilly and Balor at In Your House. I think uh, I think you let the Bruiserweight uh, step up here. He just ended, you know, he just did, did his thing with Killian Dane. Uh, you know, Dane tried to get his revenge. I'm sorry if I'm stealing the, the, your, your segue, but they, uh, you know, if, he, if that's done and then Dane and Maverick are, I mean, they're just still going to have the feud going because they're going to be going with Lorcan and Birch. Uh, that frees up Pete Dunn. So, uh, I, 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 that would be that would make the most sense, and that's that's what I'll, that's what I'll call here is the the Bruiserweight and Finn Balor. Right. Yeah. I mean, when when Pete Dunne came out, that was the one of, of the three. That was the one I was the most excited about. Yeah. I did get a little hyped for Damian Priest because I think Priest has just been really really good lately. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I like the idea of Pete Dunne myself, especially since Dane and uh, Maverick will probably get Oni and Danny. So that does free Pete up. Um, as you mentioned, Killian Dane attacked Pete Dunn in the back, leading to a match later in the night, uh, which Dunn would win with the bitter end in 1343 with the interference of uh, Oni and Danny, Drake, all happening on the outside. So uh, that wrapped that up. Uh, Jake Atlas defeated Isaiah Swerve Scott in 428 with a cradle. No handshake after that match. No. Uh, Swerve is... Not feeling friendly, nope. um, but Jake Atlas, he's on the rise. He is on. The, he, he said it himself. He's going to the moon, so to speak. I guess. Yeah, you know, they, they, they're just drilling that home. That he's, you know, he's on the momentum. He's getting the momentum. You know, but both of them, Barrett and well, Barrett, Beth, and and Big Joe's, all three of them. There's Joe at home. He's getting the momentum. Getting the momentum. Yeah. So they're, they're both heading in different directions right now. So you got, you know, Jack Atlas. You know, he's getting the momentum going. Whatever. He's got new music. I actually like his new music. Little piano or whatever. I thought that was really cool. Me too. And then, uh, you know, Swerve. Uh, he's always getting frustrated, and 
it looks like he's showing signs, uh, I guess, of the dark side of the force, so to speak. Uh, he's getting the anger to consume him. Right, right. Well, your boys are up next, the Grizzled Young Veterans. They got a win over Imperium and Everrise using the Ticket to Mayhem in seven minutes and eight seconds. Al has his shoe, shaking it in the camera. <laughs> he's very happy. A uh, soon-to-be-recognized tag team champions, perhaps. Oh yeah, they have to be, dude. They did a great. They're the first ever UK tag champs. They're gonna get them on their resume. The first team ever to get both. Uh, that's gonna be. It's, it's gonna be great. Um, good stuff with that match. Uh, Tony Storm says that Ember Moon stole her thunder, which is true. Yeah. Uh, Io Shirai doesn't like Tony and attacked her. They fought all the way to the ring where okay. Ember Moon came and tossed Tony in the ring so Io could hit the moon salt. L. At the end of the segment, I sort of felt bad for Tony. Um, she didn't really do anything to Io Shirai except beat her in the no. May Classic in 2018. Uh, who's the heel? <laughs> I, mean, I felt yeah, bad for I, you. Well, that was that was funny. That was uh, I I have no problem with you. I, I just don't like you. She does exactly the May Young Classic final, uh, and then later night her the, the Rhea she had to stare down and Rhea Ripley. Those two hate each other. Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. They hate each other, so I thought maybe we were going to go down that road again, which I'm completely okay with, but uh, Tony stepped aside. But, yeah, that's it. Tony's – he's good. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a, a pretty serious storyline to get me to cheer against Tony Storm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it, sometimes it's a technique to turn somebody heel and have them work heel a while and – and then they go back and they're a bigger baby face. Maybe that's what they're what they're doing here. So, yeah, I was shocked when they turned her beginning. Like I said, that entrance music that they gave her, and then the crowd right. erupted when she first came out. Like I thought the whole thing just fit beautifully. And then like, oh wow, she's just yep. up Ember. Okay, but she's not wrong. Exactly, Ember stole her thunder. I'd be pissed too. Yep. Yeah. Tomasa Champa defeated Cameron Grimes in ten minutes fifty three seconds with Willow's Bell. Timothy Thatcher was at ringside, and Tyler Rust got involved with Champa's business. Thatcher and Champa, Champa exchanged words after the match, while Malcolm Bivens appeared to be recruiting Tyler Rust. So between the trademark filing of Tyler Rust and his multiple appearances on NXT, um, it seems like he's going to be a recurring character pretty quickly. Uh, they just barely announced, announced him as a Performance Center recruit. I think it was two weeks ago we had the gray shirt Performance Center picture um that's pretty quick that's pretty quick to get on television yeah um, yeah exactly I, I can't off the top of my head i, I don't know of anybody that's t that's been in that picture and then been on tv right away but yeah he got the name plate he got the backstage interview he's gonna get a manager yep. um yeah it's your boy ring of honor there you go yeah yeah i you know actually it, it's it i i would love to get get him kind of like worked in and then see him interact with Thatcher some because he has such a, he has a pure style. So we'll see. Um, my coffee here. Xylee and Boa are being Ooh. trained to death. Maybe uh, for Xylee's sake, when she comes back, I hope she wins matches because this is some brutal training. Oh, they're going to, oh, they're going to come back. Oh my God. Like, you know, I was making the joint, uh, the joke that that guy was Shang Tsung and he was, you know, the, the mortal combat, you know, I was going to have a little fun with it, but, it looks like they're actually training them for Mortal Kombat. Like that was—they're gonna come back. Yeah, they're gonna come back with uh, with the fire and they're, yeah. Pay yep. attention to them. 
they are uh, they're basically callousing Boa's back at the moment, hitting hitting him over the head with or over the back with kendo sticks. Basically, I guess so. He's used to taking that beating, but um, Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, and Austin Theory form a new faction called the Way. Has there ever been a faction with equal number of male and female wrestlers? I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> no, I haven't either. No. It's a cute yeah. little family they got going there. You know, mom and dad with the, the, the teenage kids. It's a cute little thing that I've Yes, yes. And Austin Theory making the dad jokes of all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so Damian Priest attempted to head to the ring to, with intentions of doing something with Austin Theory's lead pipe, but Karrion Cross cut him off and powerbomb Priest off the stage. So... Uh, that appears to be something getting queued up for New Year's Evil, I would suspect. Yeah, yeah, and the crowd was chanting "Eat, Pray, Love" or whatever the the, the slogan <laughs> is, and they were yeah, they were going nuts. And it was yeah, that's exactly. He got in his car and he bounced. You know, Scarlett yeah. got that maniacal laugh. He called it the Smoke Show. I thought that was awesome. He's like, "Hey, Smoke yes. Show." I was at the beginning of the program though. Hey, Smoke Show. Yep, yep. So Leon Ruff was supposed to tag with Damian Priest to wrestle Gargano in theory next week, but. Priest won't be ready, so Kushida volunteers. Yes. I'm okay with that. You know. Oh, oh my God! I'm 100 with you. Like Kushida versus Johnny Gargano for the uh, for the North American title. Yes. Right. I was I was really hoping to see Kushida elevated to the to the top, but I'm really okay with him wrestling Johnny Gargano for a while. That that should be some good some good uh, matches. Yeah. And Raquel Gonzalez hit the one-armed powerbomb and Ember Moon for the pinfall victory in 12:33. Tony Storm came out seeking revenge, but Rhea Ripley made the save. Show ends with Raquel and Rhea in a stare down. I thought we'd be going straight to Raquel versus Io Shirai, but it looks like we have a stop back with Rhea Ripley to settle the score there. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a major stop. How about maybe just like a quick number one contenders match mm -hmm. to put Raquel over even stronger because she lost the last time to Rhea. Um, right. I, I think this is going to be a quick, just, you know, number one contenders are Cal wins. And then I, I think this is going to be, uh, like I said, going to be four weeks away from New Year's Evil. So uh, my calendar's up there. We're about four yeah. weeks away. I think they said last night. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, I would say Raquel and EO on the yeah. sixth. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so Al, that's the end of the recap for both shows. Um, good stuff. We just hit our 30 minutes. So we're going into overtime. Uh, no problem. Uh, so, still after the recap, you still think AEW won the night? I I think so, but I, I think I I'm, uh, unbiased. I think so. I'm an NXT guy. I go where Hunter goes. My TV, as I texted you last night, you know, I complained there wasn't an NXT thread on on your uh, yep on your Facebook page on your group chat. Uh, but then my my wife, I want to watch Sting. So I believe uh, Wednesday night you're going to be hijacked by Sting uh, for the foreseeable future, and I'm going to have to watch NXT. Uh, and another thing, so you know, wow, happy life, happy wife, happy life, right? If she wants Sting, she's gonna get Sting. I mean, that's just a micro example of what could be happening all over the world, which is exactly very prosperous. Exactly. So, but uh, you know, I'm actually, I love NXT. I'm, I, I was more excited about that. I'm more excited about Grizzled Young Veterans. I'm more excited about Kushida uh, than I am you know, anything. You know, TH2, uh, TH2 got me happy last night, but that was sure. That was good. Well, good stuff. We are going to do a new segment. It won't take very much time. Let me play the uh, play our intro video.
And today's news is brought to you by the Bodies and Brigade newsletter, where you can get a weekly recap of the week's top stories authored by me for you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. L Impact Wrestling averaged 221,000 viewers on Access TV, up 33% from last week. On this show on Tuesday, we were saying maybe they'll triple the audience, maybe they'll double the audience. So didn't quite achieve that. No. Twitch but did. Also, PWInsider.com confirmed the episode's live stream on Twitch. Twitch peaked at 55,000 with an average of 42,000 viewers for the two-hour stream. That's over 13 times the usual Twitch audience for Impact and was the fourth largest Twitch audience for anything yesterday. Um, a huge improvement for them. I mean, you can't say that, the, you know, I don't. they didn't hit what we were thinking, but it was a huge improvement for them. So it's a big win. Yeah, it's amazing how many people don't have access TV on a cable subscription. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, and then the impact on access repeat broadcast brought another 189,000 viewers on YouTube with 56,200 watching on Impact's Facebook page in the first 12 hours wow. since it was posted from 10 p.m. So they did get eyeballs. And now, now what's interesting is do they keep the 221 and do some of these people that watched replays find a way to get access on their subscription or you know or actually watch it on access so yeah that's by the way not to mention the all the thousands and thousands of views the clip of josh matthews interviewing kenny omega got on instagram and facebook because they they put that everywhere you know twitter yep. so that was very very that highly watched yep that was a big deal so good for them hopefully they maintain that audience um yeah, and they weren't even introduced to Johnny Swinger yet. Once you get the Swingman on TV, Daddy, those numbers are going to keep going up. There you go. WWE applied for the trademark Karen Kwan. No idea what they're doing with this. Maybe it has something to do with Xylee um, and Boa. Maybe it has something to do with Karen Koo, who is an NXT talent. Um, not sure, but we'll see. And our main story for the day is Goldberg announced on the bump that Roman Reigns is next. Roman replied on Twitter that he does not wait in line. He is the attraction, and he chooses who's next, and that's Kevin Owens for now. So uh, Goldberg, 53 on, on uh, WWE, Sting, 61 on AEW. We're just playing back the hits from the 90s. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing, the thing we were getting Goldberg back. Like he, he had X amount of matches. I, I heard two, could be three, whatever. X amount of matches left on his contract. Uh, they're not going to Saudi Arabia anytime soon, so you got to use them now. Um, the only thing that this kind of kills, um, you know, you can go two ways with this. I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head. Uh, obviously, the, the obvious choice is WrestleMania. Some of us were kind of hoping that it would be Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. Um, but you know what? It's the Royal Rumble's right in January, and if if this is gonna if they're gonna pull the trigger at Tropicana Field to get some type of live audience in that stadium, um, I think you could pull the trigger on this early uh, uh, for Goldberg and Roman Reigns. So you got what is usually All Star Weekend, which I know doesn't exist uh, next year, but it's that last uh, weekend in January. You got about six seven weeks. I think they set this up nicely. Uh, for a possible for the first live audience in WWE since the pandemic started to have Goldberg and Roman Reigns in a spear versus spear for the universal title. And you're, are you saying that at Royal Rumble or are you saying that on a, a just a SmackDown? At the Royal Rumble. 
at the yeah. Royal Rumble. I think I say you do that Royal Rumble. Hopefully, you know, God. See, here's the game, but here's the problem, man. Because now, now we're flirting with Goldberg as a Universal Champion again, going into WrestleMania, and that's already happened twice, and that's twice too many in my eyes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then you know, you build that, and then all of a sudden, Rocky comes back, and you got Roman and Rocket Mania, maybe a bigger crowd at Tropicana. I, see, I don't know. It, what's interest, What's interesting to me is when I when I look at the Royal Rumble winner. To me, it's always a more a better story when a babyface wins the Rumble and then they're like propelled high during yeah. the during the build to WrestleMania. So if that's going to happen, then would, that person who wins would have to be facing Roman Reigns because Drew McIntyre is not going to turn heel. So, um, so it looks so. So with that in mind, like I'm kind of hoping that the Rumble winner faces Roman, which The Rock's not going to wrestle in the <laughs> Rumble. And I hope I really don't want to see Goldberg winning the Rumble. <laughs> yeah, so. you don't know Rocky. That'd be that'd be fun, right? All of a sudden, number thirty, you you smell, you know, and then yeah. and, and, you know, the, the, the ten people that are allowed in the audience, they're going to go nuts. Poor, uh, it'll certainly over. It would certainly overshadow Edge's return last year. They could do that. They could do that. It would overshadow Sting's return. How about that? Or you know, <laughs> anything that they've been doing. I think they need to pull the trick. They got apparently the insurance issue with Rocky getting hurt at WrestleMania twenty nine. Uh, Rocky is expensive from what I'm hearing, but it, honestly, you got to shell out the money right now to get people back on your side, you know? Yep. Yep. Well, that'll do it for the news today, which means one thing, Al. Trivia time. All right. You're stretched out and ready? That's it. All right. What I'm going to try to do with the lining up with the trivia. Remember, like the old school, like the raw things, you know, the, the, the wrestlers are like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying yeah. to have some kind of like graphic freeze, whatever. Okay, go. Sorry. <laughs> you have five questions. The simple majority correct gets you the W. If you win, you get the Goldberg Oscar Award. If you lose, you get a Hawkins. Your theme today is WrestleMania 6 and where these athletes are billed from. Okay. Okay. I'm in. The opening contest of WrestleMania 6 was Coco Beware versus Rick Martel. Yes. Coco Beware was built from A, Union City, Tennessee, B, Collierville, Tennessee, C, New Orleans, Louisiana, or D, Nashville, Tennessee. I, I'll, I'll go with Unionville, A. Union City, Tennessee is correct. Okay, got it. Okay, I think they get easier from there. <laughs> I wouldn't have got that one. I, I had Coco Beach, Florida for Rick Martell. I, I was going to spit it out before they finished the question. I'm like, I know this one. I was expecting Coco. Bad News Brown and Rowdy Rowdy Piper wrestled partway through the card. Piper is, of course, from Glasgow, Scotland. Yes. Uh, by way of Canada and Seattle and every place else. Uh, but where is Bad News Brown built from? Is it A, Queens, New York, B, Brooklyn, New York, C, Harlem, New York, or D, Calgary, Alberta, Canada? Oh, he had the, the Harlem River street fight, whatever. He had the rats against Jake Roberts and Summer saying the Harlem River rat. Yeah, man, he's from Harlem. All right, very good. You are two for two. At WrestleMania six, Akeem fought his former tag team partner, The Big Boss Man. Akeem was billed from A, <laughs> the coldest spot in Africa, B, deepest, darkest Africa, C, the African valleys, D, the dungeons of Africa. Oh, he's from deepest, darkest Africa. 
Very good. And of course, the big boss man was from the Department of Corrections in Cobb County, Georgia. If you ever make a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia. Okay. <laughs> I was going to let you go. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I don't know the words. Just serving hard time. That's all. You're right, right, right. The semi-main event, Rick Rude faced Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Snuka is built from A, the island of Samoa, B, the Pacific Islands, C, Kauai, Hawaii, D, the Fiji Islands. He is from the Fiji Islands. In fact, he is from the Fiji Islands. You're four for four going into the layup. And the layup, can I guess now? Parts <laughs> no. unknown? No, it's not. It's not oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> At WrestleMania 6, Hulk Hogan fought the Ultimate Warrior in the main event. Hogan was defending the WWF Championship, and Warrior was defending the Intercontinental Championship. Hulk Hogan was built from A, Cocoa Beach, Florida, B, Malibu, California, C, Venice Beach, California, or D, Miami, Florida. I always thought it was really weird, and this is the part maybe maybe I don't like Sting as much as they build them both from Venice Beach, California, which didn't make any sense to me. I had the two top guys in the both promotions, both from the same place. It was really random. But, yes, uh, Venice Beach, California, weighing 303 pounds. Yes, yes. Of course, he lives in Cocoa Beach, so that was the uh, that was the throwaway there. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I wonder if him and Rick Martell are neighbors. So five for five. You win the Goldberg Oscar Award. Let me play that for you. But also five for five, you get what I'm calling a perfect plex. Perfect. 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 I really should have a piece of gum handy in my mouth. If I ever do that again, I'm just swatting it right <laughs> down. Well, congratulations. You are the only two-time winner of the Perfect Plex Award, and in fact, the only winner of the Perfect Plex Award. Yeah, so, there you go. There you go. So th things, are, things are good for you. Al, I want to give you a second to talk about ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Oh, yeah. So uh, we have a website, the, the only pick'em site uh, for professional wrestling. It's similar to everything you see on ESPN and CBS Sportsline and all that stuff for football. Uh, yeah, you go to uh, prowrestlingpick'em.com. You can uh, create a pool with your friends uh, so nobody else can join, or you can join a public pool. You can create your own public pool and play against the entire universe. You can play against us. In the Essential Wrestling Podcast, we have our own pool. And, Ryan, I'm going to cut this graphic off real quick just to give you some props because you asked for this on tuesday uh you jumped ahead of me in the standings in our pool uh due to the win of the undisputed era in war games that was a 10-point match that leapfrogged me i had team mcafee along with everybody else in our pool so uh there you go you were a late entry into the fight and now uh, you're in second place i'm doing very very well I, i'm happy i'm happy with my 85 and 53 record but that's not a great win percentage if i was actually fighting or competing in anything I feel, I feel it's pretty good in uh in the world of pick'em sports yeah you take what you can yeah so al talked about the essential wrestling podcast on that show we our roles are reversed al does the hosting um and i am on in a, sort of an analyst role as a correspondent for uh, various wrestling promotions so tune into that on tuesdays at 6 p.m and tomorrow night primetime rundown 6 p.m uh that that is a show on this network every week you can catch that uh, with Joey Jarzinka and friends. And we are getting out of here. Al, anything else? No, man. Go Patriots. It's game day today, baby. We're going to – Ted's got his jersey on. He's excited. 
I got my stuff on. I got my Super Bowl hat from when we beat the Rams two years ago. We're serving Ram chops for dinners tonight, boys. Let's do this. All right. Thank you, everybody. We will catch you next week with another full lineup of the Daily Wrestling News Show.